The following is a presentation of the Bellyup Sports Media Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Saturday special. We have to talk about the ACC today. We're going through all of the conferences. Today is ACC Day, so we're going to talk about the ACC. And question of the day is, do you think that the ACC will be represented in the college football playoff this year? We want to hear this from you. Uh, we're excited to talk about the ACC and everything that's going to be happening this upcoming year. We're going to talk about it, so keep tuned. stay tuned for us here on Rising to the Occasion. and welcome back to another episode of Rising to the Occasion. It is a Saturday morning, which means it's a Saturday special, and we're going to be talking some college football. And we're live for you right now, too, so make sure to jump in that chat. Uh, we want to see you guys jumping in and kind of joining in the discussion with us. Uh, it's exciting. We're very excited. We're only two weeks away from college football, guys. So uh, it's very exciting, getting very much closer. Uh, Jeremy and I are in an Airbnb right now in Ohio, going to be at the fantasy football expo uh today and tomorrow kind of having a little bit of fun out there meeting some new people trying to maybe cop some uh interviews and stuff like that if we can uh we'll see what we can do but guys we're, we're excited to to kind of get to you guys on all this we're we, we got jeremy here with me uh he's just uh getting set up over uh on the side here we're, we're gonna we're gonna definitely get him on the screen but for now he's not on the screen right now we got you right here with me blake how you doing What's up, fellas? Uh, I'm just recovering from getting hit from a, by a golf ball yesterday. Uh, walking off the ninth hole here in Mobile, Alabama. But uh, other than that, man, ready to talk some ACC football. Uh, you know, and, and to to your question of the day, I, I think this conference could uh, be represented in in the college football playoff. Uh, I, I think this is uh, a battle between Clemson and Florida State, and I'm ready to talk about it, brother. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting to say the least. Is to look through the ACC. Uh, I think I think it's a stacked conference this year. I think they do have a lot going on, but can the teams that we expect to do something really pull together and and end up doing uh, what we would expect them to do? You know, that's kind of really what it all boils down to. You can keep that in here. Yeah, and then uh, just keep yours muted, and we'll get you up. We had some technical difficulties, but we just now figured out a way that we can we can figure things out over here. So I don't know why my brain didn't go this route in the first place, but that's why we started about five, 10 minutes late and uh, getting going. That's why I'm a little kind of all over the place, but we're going to zone in, talk some ACC football today, guys. We're going to start off. uh, We'll we'll get started off with Clemson uh, and kind of taking a look at Clemson and and what they are and, and what they are known to be. And we know who Clemson is. We know that they're a team that is capable of, doing damage um but are they a team that uh you know that that we see going as far as they have in the past um because ultimately that's what it's going to boil down to uh blake i'll start off with you real quick while we're we're trying to still uh get some some technical stuff figured out over here uh where do Mm -hmm. you see clemson this year what do you kind of expect from clemson going into this season uh, I, I expect another 10, 11 win season uh, like they've never fell off, you know, and, and 
I know the past couple of years they haven't made the college football playoff, and everybody's, oh, Dabo, Sweeney, and Clemson, they've taken the step back. Look, this is still a prominent program, Josh. This program hasn't went anywhere. They win 10 games a year. They're ranked in the top 10 every year. Uh, they recruited a high level. Uh, Dabo's one heck of a coach. Uh, they're not going anywhere. Look, they just had a quarterback problem, really. You know, they, they, they had a – they had a guy that, that didn't turn out to be the five-star that everybody thought he was going to be at Clemson. Uh, so, you know, I, I, you fire your offensive coordinator. You bring in Garrett Riley uh, over from TCU, and you uh, you get one of the best offensive minds in the game. And I think Dabo kind of saw the writing on the wall and wanted to switch things up a little bit. And you have Cade Klubnick returning, and, and he showed – uh, some real promise last year at the end of last year. Didn't play great against Tennessee in that in that Orange Bowl game, but uh, you expect some growing pains uh, from for how young he is, right? Uh, you you know Clemson's going to have a, a a dang good defense. They return most of those guys over there. Uh, you you got Will Shipley and you got the uh, the receiver. I, I think it's uh, Antonio Williams. I think that's his name. I, I think uh, he's coming back as well. So you got pieces, man. They're going to win football games. And my one, my one biggest thing with Clemson right here is, is I look at their schedule. You get Florida State at home, Josh. Okay. Uh, you go down a couple more weeks. You get Notre Dame at home. All right. That's that's two big ones there. Then you get North Carolina home, at home. And the only game you have to go on the road that really worries me. Is South Carolina your rivalry game at the end of the year? Uh, I think that'll be a tough environment for Clemson to go into. South Carolina winning at Clemson last year. Clemson's going to want a little payback and, and to get a little redemption. Now, the one game on Clemson's schedule uh, right out of the gate that could be an absolute sleeper uh, is at Duke. All right, Do not sleep on Duke's quarterback. He is from where I'm from down here. Uh, I'm from Mobile. He is right across from the water uh, in Fairhope, Alabama, and an absolute stud. All right, Riley Leonard is uh, just a playmaker, man, a heck of an arm, uh, and you're going to see him play in the NFL uh, here in a couple years. So uh, I, I think that could be a, a trap game right out of the gate if you want to say that so but I like this Clemson team Josh I, I do uh, I, I don't think they're going to fall off anywhere I th think this is a Clemson Florida State ACC battle uh, and and I think maybe whoever wins that game could be representing the ACC in the college football playoff yeah I like it uh, and I, I appreciate you for kind of going on with that a little longer too just because we got everything figured out we got Jeremy on the screen so I guess now that we're to you Jeremy how you doing for I'm doing pretty good I'm doing pretty good now that I finally get to see, finally get to on, see the on the other side of the screen yeah, I know um, yeah, I know um, that probably would help too yeah I know um just getting out here to the state of Ohio it's been a long drive a lot of toll booths then I know we ran into some rain last night of course in the last about hour hour and a half of the drive but it's been pretty fun then i'm ready for the expo today then ready to talk about it heck yeah yeah so jeremy we, we got clemson uh we're talking about clemson everything that's going on with them uh, we've known clemson and, and i think blake brought up a good point too them having just not not even really a team issue but kind of overall having a a quarterback issue when we look at dju what he did last year it wasn't that dju doesn't have talent because all of us saw what kind of talent he could have and what kind of talent we know 
that that he has behind the ball. He's got an arm. He's got accuracy. It was just the consistency between them. Man, somebody's got to get this fly out of here. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's just the consistency, and that's that's really what it all boils down to. Uh, and so, I mean, Jeremy, looking at, at Clemson this year, do we see? You know, we, we know that Clemson has been good in the past because of their defense. Uh, do you see Clemson bouncing back? Uh, and, and having another one of those big years, kind of looking at that defense. Again, uh, they, they don't have the, the defensive coach that they used to have. He's over at Oklahoma now, thanks to Clemson uh, for, for letting him up. But, you know, so they, they don't have Brent Venables anymore. Uh, is that, that defense going to be good enough to kind of keep them in the swing of things this year? I mean, I think this is definitely going to be the year they come back. I know, obviously, we're used to seeing Clemson come out and dominate the game. Then, like you mentioned, they got a great quarterback. But he's just got to be consistent with these things. I mean, you can have one drive to where you can be on spot target for each throw, and then you can be on the next drive, and then all of a sudden you're lucky to throw one completion. You got to get your mind right and get consistent. But overall, like you mentioned, another big thing that they're going to lose is their coordinator for their team. That's going to be huge. And then just trying to adjust for everything. So I think they're going to – who did they get to fill in their place? Do you remember? Uh, I don't recall who their defensive coordinator is now, um, but um, but looking you know looking at last year, I, I think last year kind of shows that that defense is still there. Uh, I think last year when you look at where they are, because the defense was top twenty in every major category, and that's something to look at, and that's something to recognize, that's something to to see that that's not even just a Brent Venables thing because last year Brent Venables goes to Oklahoma their defense is still tough and especially when you look up in the at the front and look at their defensive uh, line which that's that's where it's all at uh, mm-hmm. when, when it really comes to uh, comes to it and and so it's not just a Brent Venables thing I think Brent Venables helped that defense I think he got them in tip-top shape but it's obviously a Dabo Sweeney thing that now Dabo uh, has gotten that team to where they need to be. Uh, we look over at their their defense. Uh, so they've got Jeremiah Trotter who comes back. Uh, he's a linebacker, and he led uh, the the season last year in 2022 stats. He led uh, the team in uh, tackles, tackles for loss, and sacks. So three things that he led his team in. A huge player returning for them, and then they also have uh, they have uh, a safety R.J. Mickens. Who had uh, the the he was the leader in interceptions last year as well. So seeing that, and then he, he's also a career leader on their team in interceptions. Uh, Mickens is so seeing that. I think seeing everything that they that they've done, uh, and then they've also still got uh, guys like their their safety Jalen Phillips, uh, a defensive end, and Xavier Thomas, mm-hmm. who is amazing and and leading it and and career. Uh, a career tackles for a loss right now, and then they've also got a defensive uh, defensive tackle in Tyler Davis returning. So overall, seeing what they've got returning over on the defensive side of the ball, I think they've got eight returning starters total, if I remember right, on defense. Mm-hmm. That's that's a defense, and and guys, what wins championships? Defense. Defense, defense. wins championships. It'll, we talk it'll about never it change. Because it'll we, never we change. just talk about when we talked about the Pac-12. We talked about how. It's going to be tough for any of them to actually win a national championship if they don't improve that defense. We talk mm-hmm. about USC. USC's got offense for days. We don't have any questions about what Lincoln Riley can do with the offense. 100%. But it's it's just what we can do with the defense. Uh, and, yeah, it's 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 crazy to see how much they've got returning uh, over there on the defensive side of the ball. But mm-hmm. looking over the offensive side, Blake, you brought up the offense. They, they add Garrett Riley. 
who, if we if we take a season back, uh, obviously the last name Riley, we just we, we talk about Lincoln Riley quite a bit. He's one of the big names when it comes to offense as a, as a whole, and that's uh, obviously he's a big name in the head coaching world now too. But his brother Garrett Riley, offensive coordinator at TCU last year, and we saw what TCU did, and their offense was was not just great and and being able to put up the numbers, put up the stats, put up the the scores, but their offense was really good at time management. Uh, we saw that against Baylor where they had something like 17 seconds left. We're able to, to hurry up and, and get down, uh, you know, and, and waste waste another down and then get the, the special teams out on the field and set up for a field goal, making sure that there was no time left on the clock whenever they kicked it. I mean, just stuff like that. I think that's, that's a huge part of, of coaching. I think, uh, I think Sonny Dykes has a huge part of that, but when you're talking about the offense, your coordinator has to be in with that. And I think Garrett Riley, uh, he's he's a, a great offensive mind, one of the best offensive coaches in the country right now. Uh, and so seeing seeing that they have him, I think that's going to be really big for their offense too. Uh, and then you look at, at guys that are coming back. Really, I mean, we can we can talk about Kate Klubnick coming back and seeing what, what he's going to do with this offense. It's really kind of a question mark at this point. I think a lot of us wanted to see him in last year. I think we talked about that a lot last season, Blake. But looking over at the running back position, that's where I'm going to be focused more on their offense and returning offense. Because when you've got a guy like Will Shipley back there, uh, he had, uh, let's see here, total touchdowns. He had 15 total touchdowns last year alone. Uh, and then he also put up 1,182 rushing yards. So, I mean, the dude was just phenomenal, uh, putting up over 1,000 yards in the season. I think this could be a more productive season for him, uh, and he's going to have a better offensive coordinator calling the calling the, the the plays too. No doubt, Josh. I agree one hundred percent. I think uh, this Clemson team. You know, I, I think I think they're going to be trouble, man. I, I think they're going to give people fits, and uh, I just want that narrative of Dabo Sweeney's has fell off to just kind of just kind of diminish and, and go away for a while because the dude's still one. He's still one of the best in college football. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he's he's definitely a great coach, and I I, I have I have heard that. You know, I think whenever we saw that last year, but I think you you brought that up really well earlier that it just seemed like. It was a quarterback issue. If you if you if you yeah. take DJU out of those games, if you have just a consistent quarterback, you didn't have to have a good quarterback. You just had to have a consistent one, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's obviously what kind of hurt them a lot last season. Uh, looking at it this this year, I, I guess let's talk about Kate Klubnik. Uh, what 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 uh, expectations do you have from him? Comparing him to DJU, I mean maybe we don't compare him side by side, but comparing to what DJU did with Clemson over there. Uh, what's what's kind of our, our big takeaway for Kate Klubnik? What do you think he has to do really well, Jeremy, to, to kind of lead this this offense to success? I know we've talked about this multiple times, but consistency is going to be your big thing. Like You can't be doing these monkey show things to where you think you're going to be the top dog and all of a sudden you look like the complete idiot out there. Like You can do all you want to try and get – consistent but you just gotta stay right and just be mental just stay consistent with it just flat out with it yeah Blake uh you know we, we talked about how there was just several games where DJ you would throw interceptions at, at really bad times uh and and I, I think I think a turnover tur- that tur- turnover uh, uh control has to has to really be there for Kate Klubnik overall Definitely. this year 
Absolutely. I like what both of you said about that. I, look, you, he's still young. All right. Uh, this is the the first time uh, fall camp that he is going in as the starter. So we're going to have to see how he can handle that. How can he be the true leader of this team? And like you guys said, uh, consistency. Don't don't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, uh, throw it away. All right. If it's if it's third and seventeen, and and you got the heat barreling down on you, uh, just just chunk that thing away, man, and live to fight another day. There's nothing wrong with punting the football. Okay, so uh, don't try to force anything, uh, and and just uh, just live to fight another day, you know. And I think that's one thing that was wrong with DJU is is people, you know, they started barreling down on him. The pass rush started getting to him, and he would just try to fit it into a window that wasn't possible, you know. And and maybe that that window is going to be possible out in the Pac-12, uh, but you know they play middle school defense out there, but <laughs> um, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just Cade, Cade, man. I think he has an. I think he is an elite arm talent. I think he is one of the one of the up and rising and up and coming quarterbacks. I know he was highly touted out of high school, but people haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of him. But I really do think Cade Klubnik is going to be a star, and I think this Clemson team is going to give people fits. And the way their schedule sets up, like I said, man, having those games at home. And just uh, South Carolina on the road, I think that's big time, big time for this team. So I'm excited for Clemson 2023. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Clemson's a very exciting team. I mean, college football is going to be exciting, guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, A part of what makes college football so much more exciting is when you can place a little bit of a wager on it. And the best way to do that is kind of placing a wager with your buddies, placing a a wager with, with other friends, making new friends, finding a community to bet with. And the best way to do that is with Bro Throw. We absolutely love Bro Throw here at Rising to the Occasion. We've been using it uh, for quite some time now. We've been having them as a partner for a little while. And guys, I'm, I'm telling you, like it's it's so much more fun than just placing a bet because for one, it's it's free to sign up. You don't pay a dime unless you lose a bet. So just make, make smart decisions and, and place good bets and you're not paying a penny. You're making money on this. So uh, just go over to Bro Throw, check it out. Um, so it's absolutely free to sign up. You can only sign up by invitation. So you have to use our link that's down in the description or the one that's down there at the end of the, uh, at the bottom of the screen down there. Uh, you can go to bet.brothrow.com slash rising two. That's bet.brothrow.com slash R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O. So go there, sign up today. And what that'll also do is it will, it'll add you into our private group which I promise you will want to be a part of when we get into college football season. Because what we're going to do whenever we get to college football season, when college football starts, is every Saturday when we do this live show, we'll have our our live show and we'll have the the five teams that we're talking about. We're each going to place a bet on each of those five games, whether it be uh, betting the the over-under, betting the spread, or betting the money line. We're going to place a bet on each of those five games and place those out there for you guys to bet against us. So you have a chance not only to sign up and have fun with Bro Throw, but you also have a chance to win a little bit of money and steal some of our money if you think you're smarter than us. So go over there to brothrow.com slash rising2, that's R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O, Go check it out. Sign up today. Again, it's absolutely free. It's not a sports book, too, so you don't have to worry about not being able to access it in your state. 
It is a sports community, a sports betting community. So you go on there and you bet against other sports bettors. So signing up for our, our uh, through our link will add you to our private group where you can bet against us, but you can also still go through there and see everybody else's bets. So everybody that's ever been a member on there, you sign up, check it out. It's an amazing platform. I really do stand by it. I really do think it's one of the best ways to bet on any kind of sports. Uh, it's not just college football. It's not just football in general. So go check it out today, guys. Brothrow.com slash rising2. And again, you're not going to want to miss it whenever we get to college football season because, guys, we're going to be having a little bit of fun over there on Brothrow. But let's jump over. Uh, we, we talked about them here briefly. I, I, Blake, you brought them up. Uh, over here in the ACC, we've got Florida State. I think Florida State's a team that we have to talk about. I wanted to start off with Clemson because I think they're kind of the reigning dogs around the ACC. They're the guys that everybody looks at and, and just thinks, yeah, that's that's the team to beat. But this year, with all the hype going down into Tallahassee and looking at what's going on there with Florida State, I, I mean, we, we've got a lot of expectations. We've talked about those expectations on this show. Uh, there's a lot of people saying that they could make a run for the national championship. They can make a run towards uh, towards that, that college football playoff. And it's going to be tougher to get there this year because this is the last year that we have four teams in that college football playoff. But, I mean, Jeremy, do you think that Florida State stands a chance this year? I mean, you think uh, – I'll pull up their schedule, but, I mean, uh, do, you, do you think uh, Florida State has a chance to really make the run that I think a lot of their expectations are showing this year? I sincerely think they can. Like, I don't know exactly what Florida State's schedule looks like. I know you mentioned that you're pulling it up, Josh. But if they get their opportunity to, they're going to be able to shine them progress for this upcoming season. I know, obviously, people have looked at Florida State in the past, and they've had their great years, and they've had their not-so-great years. But, I mean, it's it's college football. You can never expect anything in this kind of game. But I know it's going to be a fun season for them coming up. Then, did you get their schedule pulled up, Josh? Yeah, yeah. So here we here we got this. Uh, it's LSU. Uh, is this one a neutral site game though? Yeah, yeah. It's in Orlando. Yeah, it okay, that's what I thought. I figured. Okay, so it's sort of a neutral site, uh, but you know they played in New Orleans last year, so yeah. that was LSU's backyard. Yeah, I knew that they they had a neutral site last year, so I figured it was a little bit of a neutral site. So. It's a little bit of a neutral site, but LSU, we're going to talk about them next week when we talk about the SEC. Uh, Blake said we had to save the best for last, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> but LSU, I mean, they're going to be really tough this year. You you have to back up to last season for this game. This is this is the most exciting week one start to a season uh, that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Seeing these two teams, because there's so much hype between both of these teams, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to. It, I think it's going to live up to the hype too. So you're going to have a tough game there with LSU. I won't give any predictions yet because we're going to talk about that game more specific week one when we get there. So that's going to be on a Sunday, September third. But then they have uh, Southern Miss, easy win. Uh, Boston College, easy win. Uh, let's kind of expand this down for me here. They have a two they game. Schedule. They got a two that? games. They have a two game schedule. A two-game schedule, yeah, because then they have Clemson, uh, it's Virginia Tech, and Clemson. Uh, Syracuse, Duke. Uh, then they have at Wake Forest, at Pitt, uh, and then they've got Miami, uh, North Alabama, and the Florida Gators. So, I mean, that, that could be a tough matchup. I don't have a whole lot of faith in the, the Gators, but I also think them not having Anthony Richardson may open up more of a passing scheme for him because the dude took four games to finally throw a passing touchdown. So uh, 
yeah, I, I think I think that could be a, could be another game that you don't want to sleep on. It obviously you're going against an SEC school, but I think they can still pull that one out and win. So yeah, I mean, really, they only have three games that I think they have to really watch out for. The other ones Definitely. are just don't sleep on it. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, looking at that schedule, Jeremy, you, you still thinking this is this is looking like a really good uh, setup for for Florida State. Absolutely. I mean, like you mentioned, there's three games that you got to really worry about. Then who knows? For all we know, they can beat two out of those three games that they have to worry about or they lose all three. I mean, obviously, I know college football season's right around the corner, but this is definitely going to be the year for them if they at least knock off one, maybe two of those games. If they knock out all three, that'll be fantastic for their program. But I know obviously you got to look at it one step at a time, just be patient. But this definitely could easily be their year for being coming to the top dog here. Yeah, yeah, and looking at it, yeah, I mean, going through their ACC schedule, no. I mean, ACC is not that tough, but, I mean, they could easily run the table. Uh, I mean, other than that Clemson game, that one's at Clemson too, so it's going to be tough to go into okay. uh, the, the fake Death Valley and try to try to do something there. Thank but. You. Uh, you know, <laughs> I had to, had to say that for my SEC friend over here. Um, but <laughs> uh, I, I, I just don't see them falling. You know, you, you think of Boston College, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, uh, Duke, Wake. I mean, Wake Forest was good two seasons ago, but I mean, they don't have Sam Hartman. They don't they don't really have don't much have of, of anything returning to that team. I mean. Of course, we we look at Pitt too. Pitt's kind of in the same same boat. Miami, they looked like a dumpster fire last year. So we'll see what Mario Cristobal can put together. I mean, that whole ACC schedule seems like that's a very very secure way for you to at least get to the ACC championship game. But um, Blake, running through that schedule and seeing seeing what what mm-hmm. all Florida State has. I mean, what what all do we expect from Florida State going all the way through this schedule? Man, I think you're going to get one heck of a run game out of Florida State. Uh, his name's slipping my mind, but I know they're bringing back one of the one of the best running backs in college football. Uh, and and then obviously you bring back Jordan Travis. He threw for 3,200 yards and 24 touchdowns last year. Uh, he is going to get some Heisman love this year. Uh, and then you got Johnny Wilson. He was almost a thousand yard receiver last year with, with, uh, quite a bit of, uh, tutters on his resume. And then you bring in Keon Coleman to add a little size to that receiving room, man. Uh, and a little depth out there, the transfer from Michigan state. Uh, so uh, look, this offense is going to be electric. Their O line. I think they returned three starters, uh, and and lost a they lost a big one, but I know they went to the uh, transfer portal, and I know that for a fact they got Keandre Jones from Auburn to transfer down there. But uh, you know, I, one thing I, one thing before I I say this is is I want to give mad respect to Florida State fans before I kick it back over to you, uh, Josh, and 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 the school, the university, uh, the board of trustees down there. We we live in a day and age in college football where if you don't have immediate success as a coach within the first year or two, you're automatically on the hot seat and you're probably getting fired if you go seven and five or six and six at a, a what I like to call an, a historical program like Florida State. 
All right. Bobby Bowden built Florida State and had them in the in the upper echelon of college football's greatest programs for years. And Jimbo come in. He had his little flash in the pan with with uh, with Jameis. But uh, after that, he really ran that program into the ground. And you go to Mike Norvell, people are a little shaky about where he come from. And then he gets there, man, and you just see them recruiting so hard and heavy. And they're bringing in all these elite players. And they win 10 games last year. And uh, they beat LSU in, in wild fashion in New Orleans last year. And they picked up all this steam. Uh, I want to I wanna give a kudos to them for – not following a trend that we live in today and just axing a coach when it doesn't work out in the first one, two, three years, you know. Uh, you stuck with Mike Norvell, and you're starting to see uh, it pay off and the dividends just, just start rolling in and, and all of these kids wanting to come to Florida State again. I, look, I'm not a Florida State fan, but it's fun to watch because – we all know, and and I know a lot of people. Excuse me, I know a lot of people say this, but it's fun to see Florida State be good for the game of college football. Yeah. There's certain teams. I know people hate. I know people hate hearing that, but there are certain teams when they are good, it makes the sport better. All right, for uh, Florida State, uh, Notre Dame. Texas, you know, like like USC getting good again. Like it's better for college football, man. Watching Florida State go five and seven and six and six and lose to Jacksonville State on the last second Hail Mary, bro. Like I hate that because when I was coming up, Florida State was ranked in the top five every year, and they were playing in a big time New Year's Six Bowl, or you know they were playing uh, to to go to a national championship or. Whatever, you know, I mean, I, it's just I, I respect the hell out of their administration for not pulling the trigger on Mike Norvell when some people were kind of calling for it, you know. So uh, I, I think it was a big time move. He's a heck of a coach. He's a heck of a guy, too. So uh, just looking over at the defensive side of the ball, I know they're going to be strong there. Um I know they lost a big time safety, but they're, they they brought in some guys there. They returned uh, another guy in that spot. Uh, and and I know that they return majority of their starters on that side of the ball, uh, and and I know they're going to be tough, man. Florida State, I I, I, I look, I don't want to say they're back, but all the all the signs are pointing uh, that they're going to have another stellar season. And and I, when I look at that schedule, I was telling you they got a two game schedule, right? You got LSU to kick it off. It's going to be tough, but you get them in the state of Florida, all right? LSU fans are going to travel. They're going to sell their tickets out. They're going to be in Orlando. They're going to go to Disney World. They're going to be drunk as a skunk, all right? They're going to party, all right? But if you can get LSU, then you really – you got one game where you got to go on the road, and that's at Clemson, the fake Death Valley, like you said, Um but other than that, every game on your schedule is winnable. And I'm not even really worried about Florida because I just think they're so down right now. And Graham Mertz is your starting quarterback down there in Gainesville. Like, sorry, I'm not here for it. You know, I just I just don't think that's a great addition to your roster. But um, 
look, even if you lose the LSU game in in opening weekend, uh, you still that's not a knock against your resume because LSU is going to be there in the end. They're going to be uh, fighting for an SEC championship. They're going to be fighting for a trip to Atlanta, Georgia, with Alabama to play in that game. So even if you start zero and one. It's not a knock. Look at LSU last year. They lost to Florida State out the gate. They come back and win the SEC West. And if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, LSU could have slid into the playoffs last year. So, like, they would have been – it would have been an argument, you know, that can LSU get in. If they would have beat Georgia, uh, it would have been really, really hard to keep that LSU team out of the playoffs. So – I don't. Even if you lose to LSU, your season's not over. So, uh, I think this Florida State team, like I said, I think it's going to be Clemson, Florida State, winner of that game at Clemson. I think they go to the college football playoff, man. I, I do. So, yeah, yeah. And the the good thing with Florida State too. So, I mean, you brought up the defense. I want to start off with saying because we've talked about Braden Fisk, uh, big big guy. I think he's going to be great for their defense transferring in. Um, and then the other guy that I was looking at, uh, he plays for their buck, uh, Akeem Dent. Uh, so he, he's, he's another guy. He's a, he's a senior. I, I expect him to, to kind of be not only good on the field, but I also expect him to be a big time leader for that defense. Uh, just looking at what, what he's able to do. I mean, they, they, they do have some, some other guys. I think, uh, uh, Kalen, De, uh, I'm not sure how to say his last name, Deloach, Deloach. Uh, I think he's another guy I look at. Uh, they've, they've got they've got a really good defense. Uh, and seeing what they did last year, their defense stood their ground. But looking at their schedule and what they have to put together, they can lose to LSU and still have, be just fine. All you have, I mean, it's it's tough. You're gonna have to win out, but then you just have to look and say, all right, we gotta we gotta beat Clemson at Clemson. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's a, not an easy task, but you have to, you have to go and do it. If you if you win out, you still go into the college football playoff, and who knows, maybe you meet up with LSU again up there. So that how fun would that be to watch the first game of the season come down to the wire like it did last year? Uh, maybe maybe reverse the role where instead of uh, you know Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, Brian Kelly going for two and, and missing it, losing the game. Maybe it's flipped flipped around where Florida State has to get that last score to hurry up and win the game, and Florida State doesn't win it. LSU gets their revenge, but now Florida State meets them up again in the college football playoff or even the national championship. Man, I'm 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 smelling like a, a great storyline. So I mean, if there is a script, I hope that that's the script because that would definitely play out for a very fun uh, season this upcoming season. But let's jump over to North Carolina, uh, a team that I think North Carolina is good. I think they've got a chance there in the ACC, especially when you look at just how tough the ACC is. I think they have a chance at winning out or at least going to the ACC championship game. But the question isn't going to be whether they can make it there, whether their team's good enough. They've got the same exact question as we have for USC. Is their defense going to be good enough? Because if we back up to last year, what was it against Appalachian State? Like seven overtimes? Something crazy like that. Just defense couldn't stand their ground. Defense didn't even try in the fourth quarter because Appalachian State came back from a big deficit uh, to really push this game into overtime to begin with. So looking at, at North Carolina, uh, Jeremy, I'll, I'll start off with you just because we, we haven't really heard from you here in a little bit. I feel like we've been taking over the show for you. But looking at North Carolina, is their defense going to be good enough to, to help them 
excel and, and propel them their way through the ACC? No. <laughs> no faith. Not a chance. I'd rather take a nap than watch that defensive struggle so much. Like you mentioned, seven overtimes. That's a long, long game. And I know obviously fans will stay and support the game support the team, excuse me. But you can only withstand so much of this one sided game that you can obviously see in the ACC, as we all mentioned before, all you see is just straight offense. And when it comes to the defensive situation, there really isn't anything. They're almost acting like they're playing flag football, just trying to grab around the waist, but not even tackle. But I have absolutely no hope. And if I hope they prove me wrong. Believe me, I really do, just because, for all we know, they could come out have an unbelievable side on both offensive and defensive. But until they come out and prove me wrong, I still have absolutely no belief that it's going to change. Yeah, I mean, looking at what they did last year, I mean, I don't know how you can look at their team from last year and think that they do stand a chance to do something and, and to actually stand up and fight at all. I mean, Blake... Looking over there, I mean, we've got high expectations from their offense. I think what Mac Brown is doing over there, it's crazy to think that Mac Brown, whenever he was in his prime at Texas, Texas was known for their defense. They had a good offense. They had some stars on offense, but they were known for their defense. I mean, what's going on over there in North Carolina? Are they a good enough team that we can see them nationally kind of making a little bit of noise here towards the end of the season? Well, uh, for one thing I'll say to that, first thing I'll say to that is, is it's, it's – a lot tougher to recruit kids to North Carolina for football than it is for Texas. You know, um, that North Carolina, North Carolina is a basketball school. They always will be a basketball school. Uh, the greatest basketball player of all time comes from North Carolina. So, um, you know, LeBron went to North Carolina. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan, maybe, uh, um, look, and th- that's one big thing I have with, uh, college football programs, you know, like, uh, like Ole Miss, you know, down in the SEC, they, they want to get hyped for football season, but look, you're a baseball school, all right? Tone it down a little bit, you know, like that's what you're known for. You're a baseball school. Uh, and I just don't ever really respect you as a football school. Uh, and and I just don't view you as that. And, and I see North Carolina in that same sense is like, yeah, I know you got Drake May, and I know he's going to put up, uh, you know, hella numbers, right? And you're going to score a lot of points. But when you give up 70, it's kind of like Johnny Manziel, all right? When he was at A&M uh, in, that, uh, in that 2013 season, where they went eight and four, and it was just a underwhelming season. Uh, he had to score like 50, 55 a, a night, you know, for them to have a chance to win that year. And uh, he just didn't have a defense, and and that's what I, I think Drake May is in 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 this in this situation at North Carolina is they're going to score a ton, but their defense is buns, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It is. It is. They should be in the Pac-12. Like we want to do yeah. conference realignment, they should go to the Pac-12. I think that would make a lot of sense. That's how bad it is, and I, I just don't think. I th- I think he could get a ton of hype for the Heisman Trophy, 
But I just don't think they're going to win enough games, man. I look, they're going to lose their first game right out the gate. Like, That's what I was going to ask. Ask is, uh, you know, are, are they going to? Is he going to be a uh, an RG three kind of Heisman winner where he only wins seven games, but still still can probably. be up there for the talks for a Heisman? Yeah, I mean, he's going to get his love, right? But it's going to be hard to put him over, you know, like guys like uh, you know. Caleb Williams and Bo Nix, and then I know J.J. McCarthy's going to get his love, even though I don't really get the hype. But, um, you know, I, look, Blake Corm's going to be in there again. I know he's going to have a great year, um, you know, and, and I'm sure there will be a guy in the SEC that, that gets a lot of love. Um, maybe I know a lot of people are on the Joe Milton train at Tennessee. I heard about uh, this guy named Peyton Thorne. Man, not this year. Not this year. <laughs> I, heard a, I heard a talking head. Uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. He he said something about he believes uh, Peyton Thorne and Bo Nix will be both in the top five out there in New York for Heisman. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I wish. Um, I, I, I hope Peyton Thorne comes in and, and has a great year. But it, it's hard for me to get really hyped up right now uh, because I, I just want to see uh, – I just want to see – the productivity on the field get better before I really get those high expectations of being back in big time games, uh, like we were, you know, 10 years ago. So, um, but North Carolina, man, uh, it's just going to be a struggle. Um, you're going to, you're going to go eight and four, like you always do seven and five. That's just how it is, you know? And, and I hate to be that guy that like rains on the parade and everything, but college football is, is, um, that's just how it goes, right? And uh, and I just look at North Carolina as, as a basketball school, and that's how I always view it. Yeah, and you, you brought up the first game of the season. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, it's going to be North yeah. Carolina at South Carolina. I, I'll tell you right now, I don't know if we're going to preview this game yet or not. Uh, we'll we'll kind of we'll, we'll decide. Um, but if we do and you want to know one of our bets, I think uh, all, th- all three of us can just throw out a bet for the over. Uh, and mm-hmm. just throw that out there and hope hope somebody bites on that because I'm absolutely smashing the over on that game. Uh, you, you talk about South Carolina, who's got Spencer Rattler trying to prove hit for his last year that he's something, and uh, in that you go over to North Carolina, who doesn't have a defense, but they do have a, an incredible offense. So, I mean, North Carolina is going to put some points up regardless of who they're going against. But South Carolina, I mean, they got a good enough offense that they can they can easily blow over that that little uh you know straw straw man uh, defense that they've got over there but looking through through the rest of their schedule they've got Appalachian State uh, and then they've got uh, Pitt Syracuse Miami Virginia Georgia Tech uh, and then Campbell Fighting Camels that's that's an interesting name I've never heard of them Campbell I I, I think I've heard of Campbell but I didn't know that they were the Fighting Camels that's their logo is hilarious too but uh, then they got yeah. the Duke Blue Devils uh, and then Clemson, North Carolina State. So, it, man, looking through the, the ACC this year, the ACC, we, we, we teased the Big Ten about being top-heavy just because of Michigan, Michigan and Ohio State. But at least the Big mm-hmm. Ten has some teams that are like, yeah, don't sleep on them, don't sleep on them. But the ACC, I mean, they am I wrong in thinking that the ACC just feels really weak and super top-heavy this year? Always. No, I mean it is. It, like I said, it's a two-team conference in my opinion this year. Like, you know, 
I just think that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, just looking through because I, I mean, yeah, I feel like North Carolina can have a really good season, and I don't think they have an elite team. So it's just crazy to think that I see. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, like an eight or nine one season for them, uh, and I don't even think they're that good. But yeah, looking looking forward and into their season, I think Drake May is is absolutely worth being talked about, but. Again, the big question is, what can you do on defense? What are you going to do to change change up your defense? I haven't read a whole lot on North Carolina. I don't know if there's something that I'm missing to to say say that yeah they're they're gonna they're gonna change the defense because of this. They added this. They added that. I I don't I I looked into it. I don't see any of that there's stuff popping to out to me. So you know, are are they going to have something that surprises us on defense? That's really what it's all going to boil down to because. If they could just have a bend but don't break kind of defense, they could be a really good team. And I mean, mm. we, we could say the same thing whenever we talk about USC and these other big offensive, uh, you know, offensive power teams. Is just if you can have, I, I think that's what you saw with Oklahoma and and some of their recent success. Whenever you look back at the, you know, the, the days when Lincoln Riley was there throughout the season, they had a bend but don't break defense, and that's why they had the success that they did going through the Big Twelve. But then you start to wear that that defense out, they're going to start to fray here and there and eventually break, and that's what you saw in the college football play- playoffs. So I think North Carolina is one of those teams that they could have success and they could have the the the, the season success, but as, as weak as they are on defense, I don't see that happening to be a bend-but-don't-break defense that's good enough to be good at a national level when you talk about going against maybe an Alabama or a Georgia or an Ohio State uh, yeah, I guess Michigan this year may, may be the team to look at uh, to compare them to in the, in the Big Ten, but I, I just don't see North Carolina being one of those teams. You know what's going to happen uh, if North Carolina was to like somehow make it to the college football playoff and th- they get matched up with a Georgia or LSU, you're going to see another sixty-five to seven. All right, like that's it, just that's just honestly, I'm just telling you that's how it's going to be. Uh, you're going to see a, an absolute beatdown. Uh, an SEC team will steamroll them uh, because they just don't play defense. Uh, and and nobody wants to watch that in the national championship game. Like, TCU was a fun story. It was cool. Like, it was, oh, yeah, like the little team from Fort Worth that could, you know, the little Christian school and everything. Like, that's awesome. Uh, but you turn on the national championship, and it's 42 to nothing in in the second quarter. All right, because you come to the big dogs and and you don't get off the tracks when the train's rolling through. All right, I, I want to see Clemson, Georgia, or or you know some some oh, give me give me give me an Oklahoma or or somebody. I don't want to see UNC in there. Yeah, no, I totally <laughs> agree with you. Uh, and, and thinking of TCU last year too, I feel like TCU wasn't even like a a bend but don't break. They were. Hey, let's form the defense after the game's already halfway through. Uh, let's let's go out there and, and try to throw the defense on the field in late in the second quarter, yeah. and and come back to win this game. That's not gonna that's not gonna work. It barely worked against Michigan. It's not gonna mm. work against Georgia. No. Yeah, a, a three three five. Look, you got to get away from that, man. Like, no, I, I hate um, it. I, Alex yeah. Grinch ran that three three five over at Oklahoma, and it it ran that 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 defense to the ground i mean they were just yeah your guys are speedy 
but they're too small. They can't. They can't. They can't reach the ball. How do you expect them to pick that off? Uh, he's he's doing a good job out in and you at USC on getting turnovers, but I think that's just because the ball's all over in the air out there, uh, and and you know you don't have to stop a you know two hundred and fifteen pound uh, you know five foot five foot eleven uh, running back or something like that you know where whereas <laughs> out out in, out in the Midwest and and the SEC and Big Ten that's what you're gonna have to do. So I, I just I don't know. I mean I, I agree with you though. I, I think it's it's fun to watch the offensive games. And even a shootout and stuff, it's fun to watch those during the season. But when you get to playoff time, when you get down to like, this is for the national championship or even a conference championship, I want to see gritty defense. When you back up to whatever whatever year that was, like a 2012 maybe when we had Alabama LSU sitting there kicking field goals back and forth, that's mm-hmm. a fun national championship game. That's mm-hmm. that's the national championship that I, that I want to watch. Uh, so I, I can totally agree with you on, on looking over there at them. But guys, I want to talk about Duke. Uh, because if we if we talk if we if we think about Duke, Duke's not really a team to even talk about uh, when it comes basketball. to defense. Yeah, they're a basketball school. But when we look at at what Duke did last year, mm-hmm. they they had a bowl a bowl game season. Uh, I'm, I was trying to pull up their coach's name because I like their coach and I don't know why uh, Elko. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I you know I I can't think of what his name is though, and I'm not seeing it, but. Uh, looking at what they did last year and seeing what he put together with that program, they were a force to be reckoned with in the ACC. And when we go through all these easy games, these, these e- easy schedules that we just now talked about in the a- ACC, Duke's one of them that you look at and you're like, yeah, you should win that. But somehow they're putting something together over there and they're winning games. So, I mean, last mm-hmm. year we saw it with Duke. We saw how how good and they, they looked very comparable to, to how Kansas looked last year so not a great team not a team that you think that that they could do too much but do you think with being able to build off what they had last year do you think duke has a chance to maybe make a little bit of noise in the acc being a quiet team to sneak their way up there Uh, i'll start off with you jeremy i sincerely do like this team like we obviously know they're usually a basketball school when you usually think about them but on this kind of perspective i know as we talked about in previous episodes like you see sleeper teams that can all of a sudden come out and play the surprise of crap out of you this is definitely one of them like they could easily pull up a, a seven and five season or even like an eight and four season i don't know what their season looks like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna jump the guns say they're gonna go 12 and 0 that's <laughs> not gonna happen but um I don't. Are you pulling up their schedule, Josh? Yeah, they've or? got Clemson, uh, Lafayette, Northwestern. What was that? I, I I'll I'll tell you in a minute. But uh, right out the gate, Clemson. I'm telling you, you better be on your P's and Q's. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, that'd be a fun one to watch that'd as be, an upset. That'd be interesting. We might do but a watch then party. You've got maybe. Lafayette, Northwestern at UConn, Notre Dame. Uh, so you bring in another non-conference fun fun game there, um, and then you've got North Carolina State at florida state at louisville wake forest north carolina virginia pittsburgh so i mean they have i feel like even just the acc teams that they're that they have uh they've got tougher ones than the rest of the acc seems to have this year because they've got nc state and florida state and uh well i guess florida state is one of them that we were looking at so maybe that's one of them i'm comparing them to but also at louisville i don't think is an easy game especially for duke uh that's that's definitely a wake up and make sure you're you're on your your a game but then they have uh at north carolina and i don't know what to think about virginia or Pitt this year i don't 
I don't I don't have, I don't have any any for expectations for them. But you know, looking at their schedule, I mean that's it's not an easy ACC schedule for Duke. No. So looking at looking at what Duke's got here, I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Jeremy. I think looking at, at hoping that they can reach a seven and five season this year, uh, I, I like that a lot. But uh, Blake, I'll jump over to you for for Duke this year. Uh, guys, I, one thing I always want to do, and when I started doing this little podcasting thing, is is I always want to hype up dudes that are from my hometown, right? And uh, and Riley Leonard is from the Gulf Coast, right here. Uh, I'm from Mobile. Uh, and and he's right across the water in Fairhope, Alabama. And Riley Leonard is a six foot four, two hundred fifteen pound quarterback for the Duke Blue Devils. Wanted him at Auburn, but uh, you know it just didn't work out. The Brian Harson era was a travesty. Uh, but Mike Elko's got him up there at Duke, and he will play in the NFL uh, here here soon. And if you get a chance to watch the Duke Blue Devils, watch this kid spin the football he is special okay uh Fairhope is a prominent program here in the state of Alabama down here on the Gulf Coast they compete in a high level down here and uh and he was really damn good uh here and so uh him going to Duke I know Duke uh you know they pride themselves in basketball but they also pride themselves in academics right uh, so everybody's like, oh, you know, uh, Duke's not a – they're not a football school. Well, they don't put the money into football. Uh, they're kind of like uh, – they're kind of like Vanderbilt, okay, where they pride themselves in academics so much that they just kind of forget about football because they know they're so far behind. Uh, and and you got basketball at Duke where at, at Vandy you have baseball. So that that's what they pride themselves in. So uh, it's really hard to recruit – you know, skill guys to Duke and, and getting, uh, you know, elite talent. But I think Cutcliffe did a great job while he was there kind of bringing that program from the trenches uh, of going, you know, 0-12 and, and 1-11 and 2-10 and, and, and things like that to, to get them to be a respectable program where you can walk in in the first game and Clemson better, like I said, they better be on their P's and Q's because uh, Riley, Riley Leonard can spin it. I'm telling you, and, and Duke's going to score points. All right? they, if you remember last year, I know they had DJU and everything, but they played Georgia Tech week one. And Clemson struggled for majority of that game. All right? like it, I think it was like 13-3 to at half or something like yeah. that. Like it, it was ugly. And you were just sitting there going, all right, like, like when did they pull DJU and put Kate in, you know? And, uh, and they kind of finished it out. Georgia Tech played like crap in the second half, uh, turned the ball over and everything. So, um, But, I, I look, do I think Duke wins this game? No, I don't. I think, I think Clemson beats them. But uh, if you get a chance to watch a Duke game, watch this kid. I'm telling you, he is, an, he is an elite quarterback. And when his time comes to go to the NFL draft combine, remember the name. The dude is talented. And so that is one thing I want to do. I hype up kids from my hometown, and uh, and he is a special talent. Yeah, I mean, looking at what Duke did last year, I forgot how good they were because I was thinking, like, a, I knew they made a bowl game. I knew they had mm-hmm. six wins. I was thinking they made seven wins, if I remembered right. They had eight eight wins in the regular season, and then they went and beat UCF in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And UCF's not a not They're a not joke, a team to sleep on. but they, they yeah. beat them up 30-13 to 13 in the bowl game. So they started off with Temple thirty to zero, Put, putting up a big old goose egg on somebody is hard to do. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care if it's Temple. Uh, and, and let's remember, this is Duke that we're talking about, too. Yeah. Um, but then they, they beat Northwestern uh, at Northwestern, thir- uh, 31-23. to 23. So you're going against the Big Ten team. And let's be honest, I know Northwestern wasn't good last year. They were garbage. They didn't win a single game on uh, on American soil. So looking at what Northwestern did, that's that shouldn't be impressive at all. But stand your ground, do it at Northwestern. And then they beat North Carolina A&T. Uh, they lost to Kansas, but let's remember Kansas also had a very good season. Like I said, I compare the two teams a lot, and that was a close game. Uh, it was 27-35. to 35. And then we had uh, Virginia. They beat them 38-17. to 17. They won 20-23 uh, to 23 in overtime at Georgia Tech. They lost by three points to North Carolina, uh, which, again, you're, you're trying to stop a, a high-powered offense and held them to 38 points. That's not too bad. And then at Miami, win, wins they win at Miami, forty-five to twenty-one. Uh, beat Boston College, beat uh, Virginia Tech. They lose to Pitt in a, by two points, and then they win their last game of the season against Wake Forest, who is a good team. So I, I mean, just looking at what they did last year, I, I, I like I like Duke this year. I do think that they're a team that it, it's weird to to even talk about this, but. They're a team that could surprise people and sneak their way up to that ACC championship game and just, hey, what the heck's going on here? Why do we have Duke playing for an ACC championship game? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but you know, just, just thinking about what Duke did last year, I don't think they're going to, but looking at their schedule this year, I think they could be that team to, to sneak in there and just say, hey, what's up, guys? We're part of the game. Uh, and it's fun. We saw this with Wake Forest uh, the last couple of seasons where, man, where's, where's Wake Forest coming from? And, and seeing them kind of jump up. We've seen that in the past with, you know, Boston College and Georgia Tech. And yeah. these teams kind of be good. But uh, what, what, can they, what, what can Duke do to, to kind of surprise everybody and get everybody up on their toes? But hmm. let's jump over to it and kind of close us out uh, with – talking about it Blake I know you kind of already mentioned it will AC the ACC be representative represented in the college football playoff this year I think it boils down to two teams will Clemson or Florida State be good enough to represent the ACC in the college football playoff Jeremy when we're talking about this we're we're thinking of teams again the last season that we're going to have four teams we're having teams like Georgia uh, Michigan, really Ohio State's still up there, and Alabama's up there for the talks. Uh, and then you've got LSU, who we're expecting. We're talking about Florida State in the ACC. When, when you think of all of these big teams, uh, Texas is another team that a lot of people are having high hopes for this year. So when you're talking about all these big teams, are any of these teams, and, and really when it boils down to it, is Florida State or Clemson, are they good enough, uh, and, and are they going to be good enough throughout the season? And, and to, to sustain that that uh, that dominance throughout the season to get to the college football playoff, and are they going to be able to represent their their conference in that college football playoff? And if so, are they going to, going to do so in a good fashion whenever they get there? I know we've talked about this before early in this episode. Like I think they can, whether it's Florida State or Clemson. But I know, as I mentioned, their consistency has got to be their big thing, and they got to actually play defense is going to be the big thing. But Looking down the later of the road of the season, I easily think that they could just because looking at their season, they can definitely strive off of a lot of things and they could potentially even put different players in at different spots and they can find strengths or even possibly weaknesses. We hope they don't find weaknesses, but there you got to be the trial and error situation. But going into the late season where it counts the most, 
I think if I had to pick between Florida or Clemson, I I'm morally leaning towards Florida a little bit, just because I'm not just saying that they have an easy schedule. I know we obviously mentioned it's the ACC, but I think with what they can bring to the table this year, I sincerely think that they could be dominant. And if they're going to be able to play these teams, like you mentioned, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, whoever it is, you really got to bring it and you got to bring your A game and you just got to stay strong just because I know you look at these guys and you're all talking about all four or five-star commits. But I know it's going to obviously be the toughest situation and probably the toughest game of your entire season, depending on how your schedule looks. But overall, I think that one of these two teams can easily bring it to the table. Yeah, and uh, Blake, I know you already talked about this, so I'm going to ask you something a little different. When we think of the ACC, we think of how the Pac-12 just now imploded this past, past, like, pretty much last month. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, they they started the implosion last year whenever they they mentioned USC and uh, UCLA heading out. But when we talk about the ACC, there's been talks of Florida State leaving. There's been uh, talks of maybe them picking up. Yeah, what was it, Stanford and Cal, uh, and then it sounded like maybe teams weren't too interested yeah, in it, but there's still negotiations. Still. When we look at the ACC and we think of the four conferences that are still alive, we still have the Big 12, Big 10, SEC, and ACC. All four of those conferences seem pretty healthy right now, but we know that there's been some drama going on in the ACC. How much longer before the ACC becomes like the Pac-12 and a couple of big teams leave and that causes everybody to, to abandon ship? Uh, like I've been saying for the past two years, this thing is eventually going to be the North versus the South. And I think it's on life support. And, uh, you know, I think by 2028, you're just going to have two massive conferences. All right. And, and it's going to be like, I honestly believe that it's going to be like the NFL. You're going to have the AFC versus the, versus the NFC. And I think you're going to have like regions, divisions. Okay. And, and, uh, you're going to have um, – I think you're going to have like eight teams from the south make a playoff and eight teams from the north, and it's going to be a 16-team playoff. I know that might sound crazy, but I think that is the route they want to go because like it's all about money, right? The more, you, the more games you can get on TV in a playoff setting, that's what they want. Like they keep trying to push this playoff to from four teams to twelve teams. Let me tell you. Let me tell you guys something. And and this is one reason why I'm I'm against expanding the playoffs. I know everybody. Look, I love college football just like everybody else does, right? And and I know everybody wants to see more games and everything. More people have a chance to uh to have a chance to play in the playoff and win a national championship. Well, guess what? Your regular season is your playoff. Okay. That is what makes college football so great is uh, the the regional uh, rivalries and, and uh, the geographical locations of, of you know, uh, like the backyard brawl, man, West Virginia and Pitt just being so close to each other in that rivalry, the Iron Bowl right here in Alabama, Ohio State and Michigan, the Civil War, Oregon State and Oregon. You're not going to see that game anymore. Like, it's over. It's dead. Like, it's gone. All right. Um, but you want to keep pushing this thing to to more playoff teams and everything. Guys, l- let's be honest, all right? Give me a year where there wasn't a blowout in the in the 14 playoff. 
Give me a year. There, there wasn't some team that just got mollywopped, all right? Because it, it happens every year. You want to know why? Because in college football, you don't have four great teams, right? You have two really, really, really special, talented, great teams. But after that, you got a couple of good teams, all right? And you're asking to go to a 12-team playoff where – some of these teams are going to get matched up and the first round is going to be really exciting and you're going to be like oh man you know you got a you got a 5 seed playing a 12 seed and we're going to get really good football and then that team's going to advance and they're going to end up having to play one of those top 4 seeds and they're going to get beat by 50 all right so you're just adding meaningless games in my opinion I, that's just where i stand on it i, I just I, josh pate at 247 uh, he made a he made a a point the other night, and he said, "Where would you rather be, 2027 college football or 2007 college football?" And he said, "Please take me back to 2007, because you had the BCS, all right, who only got it wrong one time. You left out my Auburn Tigers in 2004, okay." Um, and Josh, I know your Oklahoma Sooners got to play in that game, but I will always say that was BS. Uh, we deserve to be in that spot. I want to that one to you guys. Yeah, it, I'll let, it hurt. I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys go and lose that game instead. Yeah, <laughs> it still hurts. Uh, and honestly, real quick, I think we got left out of that game because the previous year we went out to Southern Cal to play USC in 2003 and we were supposed to be, that was supposed to be our year and we got molly whopped. And I think they held that against us. But uh, I think this thing is on life support, man. I really do. I, I, I think that they are really trying to push the NFL into the college game. And it's just not fun to me. That is what makes college football so special is I've always said this is, is, College football is different from the NFL because you look at the Bengals two years ago, right? They had a they had a mediocre regular season. All right, they were they were you know it wasn't great. Would they go ten and ten and seven? Ten and ten, yeah, ten and seven. Yeah, they went ten and seven and they made the Super Bowl. So they got hot in the playoffs, and Joe Burrow was was doing his thing. But bro, you lost seven times. Like, and and I know. That's how the NFL works. But what makes college football special to me is that that strive uh, and and wanting to be perfect, the perfection uh, of going you know twelve and zero in the regular season or eleven and one and sitting there you know biting your fingernails, going, man, I only lost one game. Am I going to make the playoff? All right, am I going to do like this team needs to lose this weekend for me to get in? Like that is what makes it fun is the chaos at the end of the season, and you are moving so far away from that that it it just it sucks, man. It sucks. I I I just feel it. And and look, everybody wants to say this is an nil problem and everything. I right? it's not. It's not it, like nil is not killing college football. Uh, newsflash right here to you. Uh, People were getting paid before NIL, okay? Like, they were making money before NIL. People were dropping bags. NIL is nothing new. It's been going on for 30 years, all right? 
Like now they're now it's legal and they're allowed to talk about it. So yeah, exactly. exactly now it's legal go, and it's allowed to talk about Menzel, that Johnny Menzel <laughs> documentary and tell me tell me kids weren't getting paid. Yeah, bro was laundering money through his grandfather. All right, I, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, uh, so you know, it's just moving. Let's just get over it. Yeah, it, it's it, it's just moving so far away from the passionate love of college football, man, and it's going straight to the NFL. So, to answer your question with the ACC, I, I just I truly think it's on life support. And and if you lose a Florida State and a Clemson, dead. The conference is dead. So. Uh, I don't know, man. I like it's just we're down a slippery slope, Josh, and 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 I don't just don't I don't know where the future's headed. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, when we're talking about this too, I mean, let's let's go ahead and bring it up. Uh, I'm gonna pull up all the teams so I don't forget anybody out. I mean, where do we where do we see these teams landing? Uh, so uh, and I'm gonna start off if I can get this to pull up for me, right? Um, let's see. All right. So let's start up with Boston College. Is that probably a you lose them kind of team? Or yeah. maybe do they go to the Big 12 or something like that, maybe? Uh, man, I don't even know. Uh, they just haven't been good in so just, long. Maybe maybe they drop down to a an A yeah, send them to the or something gr- like that. Yeah, send them to the group of five, bro. Okay. So, yeah. So we've got Boston College out of the, you know, what we call Power Five. I guess it'd be Power, power Three by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we got. Clemson, I feel like that's an SEC team, right? Yeah. I would hope. Uh, and then Duke is probably going to be another jump down to Power group. Five. Yeah. Do you, think, uh, do you think they're good uh, enough to stick around? Maybe maybe, the, maybe they transfer over to the Big 12. I kind of like that move. That'd be pretty yeah. Because you, you, got, you got a Big 12 for, for basketball and yeah. stuff. Like, I, it I think, makes sense. I think Duke would be good over there for the mm-hmm. Big 12. So let's let's move them over there. Uh, Georgia Tech probably going to be a group of five, right? Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Florida State. I, I, I see them going SEC. Yeah. They won't. They won't do it. They won't do it. Nope. You, they you will don't not. Think, nope. You don't think they they want to? So maybe they don't they go want to, the, to handle it. Do they go they to Big Ten then? Yep. They don't want to smoke at the Southeastern Conference. Big they don't want to do it. I, I would like to see them go over to the Big 12 then because at least they could have a little bit of a rivalry with UCF. I want to see them come to the SEC so they can get clapped is what I want to see. <laughs> uh, I know they're not going to do it. So, I, I mean, I, I thought Florida State would want to go to the SEC, but I, personally I think they're going to go to the SEC. I think they're an SEC school. Um, I would love it. Yeah, I would like that too. That'd be uh, cool. NC State. I I, th- I think they're dropping out. Goodbye. Maybe a Big Twelve because I feel like Big Twelve is picking up those like eh, you're barely good enough to be Power Five. Yeah. Um. Then we got Syracuse probably gone. See ya. Maybe Big Ten. I I could see them joining Big Ten. Uh, and then you got Louisville probably a Big Ten team, right? Yeah, Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And then Miami, SEC. I would hope. Uh, even though it's going to be tough to rebuild what what dumpster fire they're putting together right now, but uh, North Carolina, do you think they're? I I want them in the SEC. You want them in the SEC? Okay, yeah, I like it. SEC. Uh, and then we got. Uh, I, I guess they have Notre Dame listed on here, but Notre Dame's probably, if anything, we we like Notre Dame of the Big Ten. I think we all kind of decided that now, right? Yeah, I do. I think that would be awesome, especially if the ACC goes away. I think Big Ten's the way yeah. to go. Um, then you got Pitt. They're, they're probably maybe a Big 12 or a group of five. 
I'd say more it's the like power, if, power five. It, you know, if, if the if the group of five or if it, the Big Twelve is not going to get you, then you just go to the group maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got Virginia. I think Virginia could fit in fit in with the Big Twelve just fine. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest. I feel like both of them are kind of Big Twelve or. I say yeah. Yeah, like I Big Twelve a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know. Just looking at it, I think it, it's funny to think how how these conferences are are starting to move around because like now we really only have a Power Four as it stands. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Blake. I think the ACC is going to turn into making it a Power Three. So I don't know. It's it's a uh, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be fun to say the least. Like like I said before, I'm just excited for all of this just to hurry up and play out the way it's going to play out we get to it and that way we can just get used to what college football is and what it's going to stand to be now. But mm-hmm. anyways, that's pretty much all we got for you guys today. Uh, we thank you all so much for watching, for listening. If you're watching right now, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We made our way over 4,000. We're going to keep on climbing until we hit 10,000 and beyond. So keep on going, keep on sharing, help us out. Give us a little bit of a shout out on social media. You can follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. So, so you know, weird. whatever you want to call it, Twitter, uh, X, you can go pretty much just follow us wherever you can find us on social media. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a five-star review. That is a great way to help us out. We thank you all so much for all of your love, your support. We've been growing tremendously uh, over the last couple months, and we have you guys to thank. You can also join us. You can uh, join us on our Patreon account. I forgot to mention that. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, but we do have a Patreon now for those who want to be paid supporters. Uh, you could start off as low as I think a dollar a month and work your way up. If you want some merch and stuff like that, work your way up to that $8 package. Uh, that's our gold package. So for now, we just have them set low, trying to give you guys some extra content over there for supporting us. Uh, and if you're signing up for something like the $8, you get some free merch. So go ahead and sign up over there, guys. We thank you all so much for your support. And until next time.